Hey, it is August 15th, and I have not done this in a while. Uh, welcome, welcome back. Welcome back to me. Uh, welcome back to you for uh, the first episode of Boats and Pros in a long time. Uh, we last When we last left off, we were making predictions of the college team race nationals with Alex Curtis that I think we did pretty spot on about. Um, we can go back and revisit those later if we want to or not. Um, but that was great being out there for the college team race nationals on the commentary with John Rogers. That was so fun. Um, I know I got, a, I got a fair amount of support from you guys texting me saying you're tuning in. So I appreciate that. Uh, makes it a lot of fun for me doing that for you guys. And uh, just it's, it's, all, it's all fun. Um, looking forward, uh, we, yeah, I don't really have much of an excuse <laughs> of the elongated absence, uh, but we're back in the studio now and that's what matters. So it's summertime. Hey, it's summertime. I, I, I get some summer vacation, uh, some time off, go to the beach, get out in the water, did some sailing myself, which was great. Uh, dabbled in some layman 12 stuff in the month of July down in Newport in the Thursday night twilights. Uh, those boats are just classic, pretty much tech dinghies with, you know, it's pretty much tech dinghy. Um, then we shipped it up to Newport, Rhode Island, did the, uh, did the Morgan Cup. Uh, was that two weekends ago now? Wow, it's, it's already gone by pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, Morgan Cup, it was great seeing so many of you there. I know uh, some of you listeners were there at the Morgan Cup. Great catching up with all you uh, guys and gals. That was fun to see you, and I don't get to go out to the East Coast too often, so that was, that was really special. Uh, got certainly got the wheels turning. Uh, I was chatting with some of you about that demanding more, demanding more boats and pros, and uh, kind of kicked my butt into gear and made me realize I should get back on this. So those of you uh, who are part of that conversation, thank you for that. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, yeah, then the America's Cup happened. That was eventful, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, we're, we've been trying, we've been circling, trying to get some guests on that participated in that event. Uh, on the show, so hopefully we can uh, get some follow through on my end on that to get them on just to talk about what it was like those boats, what we can expect moving forward. Uh, that'd be really great insight from them, and I know you would all would appreciate to hear what they have to say as well. So looking forward, what we have this episode, uh, pretty pretty unique one. I, I was really excited when when we could when we were able to finally confirm the guest. Uh, we have University uh, Tulane University Athletic Director Troy Dannon on the show, uh, we chatted about uh, Tulane, who just uh, back in June announced that they were elevating their college sailing, their club sailing team to a varsity status. Um, Want to chat with Troy about that. You know, it's we've had a couple couple coaches on the past uh, on the show just talking about, you know, I think we had, we had Jacksonville on uh, just about, and then we had John Pierce, who was a big part of the GW program, uh, how to get it, how to get a program started from their perspective. That on the water perspective, but I really wanted to get a uh, administrative perspective. So I thought Troy would be a, would be a great guest, and you know New Orleans such a strong sailing community. A lot of a lot of great sailors to come out of there. Um, just chat with him about that and what's going to take to get uh, to get the Tulane Green Wave up into the uh, the national ranking. So uh, it's a really fun interview. Not the not the longest one we did, but Troy, you know he's a busy man. Uh, lots of school schools ramping up uh, as is football season, and then all the other sports that follow concurrently with that. So uh, it's a pretty quick one, but we'll get right into it here. And uh, let's boogie. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. 
Okay, we're joined now by Troy Dannon, the athletics director at the Tulane University. Troy has been with Tulane for about three years now? Uh, just actually, I'm about 20 months, so probably oh, wow. my second full year, at least academically. So it uh, depends on who you ask. It probably feels like three years or more <laughs> for some people. <laughs> Great. So you came, I was doing a little bit of research behind uh, before this, and you came to Tulane from the University of Northern Iowa. So how was that transition from, uh, you know, Northern Iowa obviously is a D1 program, but Tulane as a full-on, uh, you know, FBS football program, it's got to feel like it's a little bit of a bigger challenge for you? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, you know, obviously going from Iowa where I lived my whole life to New Orleans, was, there's, a, there's a cultural difference. <laughs> but, uh, you know, professionally, you know, moving from FCS football to FBS football, and we had, we had a pretty good run of programs at Northern Iowa and, and Tulane. We're struggling and trying to get back on our feet. You know, even 10 years after Hurricane Katrina, you know, our, our, our competitive performance hasn't come back. So uh, a lot of uh, a much different environment to walk into, that's to be sure. So what? Um, so at, at Northern Iowa, you were the 2014, you're the Under Armour Athletic Director of the Year. Uh, what do you think really attributed to that? Uh, that's, that's a huge accomplishment. So congratulations on on earning that honor, but what do you, in your mind, what makes a successful athletic director and what makes a strong athletic program? Well, I think, you know, you've got so many different constituencies and they all judge you differently. You know, faculty wants to, to know that, that, you know, academically you're succeeding, uh, at least on par with the rest of the student body. Your, your president wants to know, make sure you're managing the experience positively and that you're, you're paying attention to the business operation and the, the financial part and, and your fan base wants to win. And so, you know, it, so it depends on who you ask, whether they think you're doing a good job or not, but you've got a lot of things you're juggling at one time or another. And, and uh, you know, if, if you can be successful academically, uh, successful socially, successfully, successful competitively, and, and manage the business operation, you know, usually uh, you're going you're gonna to hit buttons with about all of your constituencies. So I suppose what, what happened back in 2014 was a matter of uh, all those buttons were kind of hitting at one time and, and uh there's a, there's a pretty neat honor and pretty neat opportunity. Hmm. That's great. Um, so just a couple in Northern Iowa for some of the, some of the people that listen, uh, guys have Kurt Warner and David Johnson on, on some of your, uh, as your alma mater to your football program. Do you, do you ever have any cool runs with them? I know Kurt Warner just got inducted in the NFL pro football, the hall of fame. Yeah. You know, my, my basketball coach and I would go on a fundraising uh, golf trip to Phoenix every year and, and one of the highlights of the year, we, we would go to Kurt's house and have dinner with him and his family and, and got to know them pretty well. And, you know, just a, just a remarkable story and, and, you know, just a remarkably common family to this day. You know, it's all the success, you know, that didn't get to them, if you will, like it, did, like it does to some people. And, and, you know, David Johnson came in as a, came into our school as a, as a kid that wasn't highly recruited and, and was just, you know, a phenomenally good human being. And, and so it's, it's fun to watch guys like that go on and have great success because, you know, they earned it. They earned it the right way. They worked hard. And, uh, and you like to see all the rewards that, that, that every, you know, whether it be professional or whether it be their personal rewards, you know, he just, he got married to a girl. He, he was a, his high school sweetheart and they just had their first kid. So it's, it's fun to keep track of the guys that, that, that had success no matter what institution you were at. That's yeah, no, it's a very, very, really fun story. I always love uh, seeing those guys. You know, the lo low recruited, uh, not so highly drafted, and they come out in the NFL and just make it start crushing it as a pro. Well, work work ethic uh, 
always puts you ahead of, of most people. And, and those two guys had tremendous work ethic and they were a good model for, for, you know, with 400 student athletes in the department, they were a good model for everybody else to see that, that you don't have to be highly regarded. You don't have to have a bunch of stars after your name. If you come in and you work hard, and you've got some talent, uh, you know, you can create opportunities for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think just work ethic and it gives just, like you just said, other student athletes that are in the same boat, like, well, if he can do it, why can't I? Yep, exactly. It's exactly right. So looking for, you know, it it, it sure helps a coach go out on the road and recruit to to say, hey, look, we developed (laughs) this player and put them in the NFL. So uh, there's there's benefits to a lot of people when success like that happens. Yeah, totally. Um, So looking ahead and and now, uh, that's a little bit more on your background, but so you've been at Tulane for about 20 months now. Feels like a little bit longer. Um, just reading the press release when you guys back in June announced that you would be uh, elevating that their, Tulane's club sailing program to intercollegiate varsity status. Um, I guess my first question is why? Why now? Well, I, you know, one of the things that was unique to Tulane was after Hurricane Katrina in 2005, uh, Tulane rolled back to just uh, eight varsity sports and. And so the, as, as they ramped back up uh, o- over really the last five years to a full complement of sports, you know, the, there was an, a gender imbalance here that, that needed to be addressed. So I knew coming in that we were going to need to add a female uh, sport, mm-hmm. opportunities for female participants at some point in time. And, and, and as we started looking at it, I've been here long enough to, to uh, start to develop a longer-term plan. You know, when you, when you look at what sport do you add, you, you need to add a sport that one is consistent with the culture of the community and, and the institution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and secondly, maybe fits the needs or, or the background of, of the, of the students that your school draws, or maybe that your school wants to draw that isn't drawing. And uh, if I was in Northern Iowa, obviously sailing's not on the radar screen. So I <laughs> it over for four or five months a year, but, but sailing, uh, as I learned here, such such a great history, uh, uh, a number of Olympic medals in our alums, even though it was at a, on, a, on a club basis, uh, a strong program, a strong community commitment to sailing. So mm-hmm. a lot of those things really became part and parcel for why do you pursue it? You know, uh, we have more students here from, from New York than we do from Louisiana. So and really? we draw heavily from the Northeast. And so uh, you know, a, a number of kids, they're, they're growing up with this in their background that are coming to school here already. So. A lot of things lined up, but uh, you know, ultimately, what what makes something like this go is is there's a donor who shares that vision, and uh, and that's what happened with us. And, and uh, Libby Alexander uh, stepped forward and uh, really allowed us to move on this quickly. Not you know, not put seed money in and, and let's kick this down the road uh, uh, three years and see if we can't get it, but but allowed us to to make a move right away, which which was. It was tremendous. So the stars all lined up for us here. So I was that they were definitely mentioned the press release. Uh, Robert and Libby Alexander. Who who are they? I've only I've only had the privilege of sailing on Lake Pontchartrain once uh, a couple years back. Had an absolute blast. It's just lo- love sailing there. But are Libby and Robert Alexander are they prominent members in the sailing community? You know they're they're alums who uh, uh, met through sailing. Uh, and they they live in uh, New York now, but but both Tulane alums and, and they're both uh, avid sailors uh, to this day. And uh, I, I think you know here's a husband and wife who've had great success in their lives who met through sailing. And you know I, I think that you know without speaking for them, I think that becomes part and parcel for 
for why this is such a pl- has such a place in their heart. And uh, you know, it just you talk about a lot of our sports that we have. They're not lifetime sports. You know, most football players will be done when they're done playing here. Basketball, maybe you'll play some pickup, but you know, this is uh, certainly something that you can continue to do for life. And, and it's been a part of their lives. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, putting that forward so that, that the next generation of kids uh, have a chance to enjoy the way they enjoyed it. I, I think uh, in, in talking to them, that's why sailing really resonated. Uh, I, I think, yeah. I mean, as, I don't know how much you can attest to it since you, as you're saying, you grew up in Iowa, not a whole lot of sailing up there, but I just got, I wrapped up a sailing event uh, last week or two weekends ago now up in Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, I was just pretty much just a co- <laughs> so many participants were there that were just friends that I knew from college sailing, guys I raced against, girls I raced against from when I was a kid all the way through those ranks, and even some older members that I never over overlapped with. But you know, we all sa- share that common college sailing bond, and I think that's awesome that um, Tulane's stepping up to make it a varsity program. I think you know, there's so many great sailors that come out of that area. Uh, like you said, you know, John Dane went to the Olympics in 2008. Uh, pretty sure Johnny Lovell, tornado sailor, he's from New Orleans as well. Um, so from a recruiting standpoint, I know you're going to leave it more to the more to the coaching staff, um, but how do you think you're going to be able to attract local talent for uh, to go to Tulane? Well, I would say if you, if you look at the map of where there's uh, there's elite club and, and varsity sailing, there's not a lot of, a lot of the South. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, f- from one standpoint, you know, we – we have a, a lot of geography and territory that we kind of own mm-hmm. uh, from a recruiting standpoint, but in areas where you know it, maybe it's more prevalent at the uh, uh, certainly you know, from Virginia north to Rhode Island in, in that area, that's where we're recruiting students from already. Mm-hmm. So uh, one, it, it's it's an avenue to get you know obviously sailing students uh, for the for the most part, if you look at their academic uh, qualifications, they're 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 very high end academic students, and so you know this is a one. It's an opportunity to come south and sail year round, in in uh, you know temperate to to great weather, uh, and and uh, you know I, I look at our place as, as you know we should be a winter training destination for a lot of programs in the north and the northeast. So mm-hmm. you know it's uh, the other thing, I, and I've, I've been trying to sell this to our student athletes and. In, uh, in the other sports we're trying to get going, like football and basketball, that, that here's a chance to come in and, and be a part of something that, that has never been. And, you know, you, you, you can go for some, you know, you might be a top five recruit and, and have opportunities at the, at the most elite of the uh, Ivy League institutions, or you can come and, and, and be, a, be a founder, uh, a founding member, if you will, of something that but, uh, and build it in the right way, build it in the way that if you could, could start a program tomorrow, as we're talking to some coaching candidates now, you have a chance to start a program, uh, you know what you want it to be, and you don't have any predispositions here. Let's get it started, get it started right. So I, I think that's how we approach kids right now and trying to get them to come, and I think we have a lot to offer. There's, there's a reason why kids from the Northeast like to come down here in the first place. Orleans is a great city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of life here, and and if you combine that with a passion, uh, which I would assume our sailing student athletes are going to have, uh, uh, it, it's a great combination, and I think it'll be a great great way to recruit kids here. So, wh- why do you think that is? You you said several couple times that you have so much draw from the kind of that New York, a little bit of New England area. Is that just has that how it's always been at Tulane, or is that just a more recent trend? 
No, actually, really, it's been the last 30 years or so. That uh, it is a heavy draw from the Northeast. You know, it's it's a top 40 academic institution. You know, it's it's uh, been described down here as an an Ivy of the South. And, uh, it's a chance. You know, there's a lot of multi generational students here. Uh, and, and New Orleans is one of those places that, that uh, once you're here for a little bit, it really grows on you. It's a, you know, it's, it's a very European city, uh, very cosmopolitan city, but yet it's it's a you know, it's a very small time Southern hospitality place. So I, I think once people are connected and families are connected here, uh, and, and given the academic reputation of the institution, it's kind of a natural draw. And obviously, there's so many students there, but you know the the average SAT of a freshman coming in this year is, is pushing 1450 and no. 32 ATT. So it's a it's a very high end. Uh, uh, 36,000 students applied, and, and we'll have a class of about 1850 this year. So it, it's a challenge to get in. One of the thing one of the things that Sailing does really is is it helps you know create opportunities for admission. Uh, you know, frankly, we, we have a lot of student athletes who, who are, are here uh, because of their athletic prowess, and, and it's an opportunity to get in and without the 1450, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this will be an, another opportunity for kids to get into an elite academic institution where maybe the test score is not there, but, but they can combine, what again, a high-end academic uh, uh, experience with, with their passion. Yeah, I, I, that's I, I I didn't know that the SAT uh, the test scores were so so high at Tulane. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have gotten in today. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I talked to a lot of people, a lot of alums who just kind of shake their head at that. So they they never would have gotten in today. <laughs> we we joke we had a head coach's staff meeting. None of us, from me to our head coaches, none of us would have gotten in today. But you know, it's it's a neat environment because you're you're around people who have high expectations of themselves twenty four hours a day. And it's uh, a really neat environment to be in. Yeah, and having that sort of just everyone's trying to, yeah, like like that that positive environment. Everyone's trying to, you know, it's a great environment. That sounds like a pretty pretty solid deal you guys have cooking down there. Um, a couple other questions I want to ask you is about like the facilities you guys are planning on, <coughs> excuse me, on using. I know you guys have a, I, I believe you practice at a Southern Yacht Club at the moment. Um, or at least down in that area. I've, again, I've only been down there once. Uh, do you have any plans to build a facility of your own, or just kind of uh, your own little dock space? Well, the, the Greater New Orleans Community Sailing Foundation, uh, uh, they they're trying to really we're partnering with them, and and it's part of the gift. There'll be seven figures go to that organization to to build out facilities and infrastructure. Um, to support a sailing program that's that's actually on Ponch Train. It's not at the Yacht Club, however, and, and to get youth sailing and get involved in, you know, for, for us, it's an opportunity for our student athletes to work with the younger kids in the city and, and get them engaged and passionate uh, passionate about the sport as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's still work being done out there this year as a result uh, from from Katrina and, and getting some new. Uh, 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 new pier built, uh, some some new hard facilities in. So as that gets done, we'll continue to sail out there uh, and partner with that community sailing foundation. And what what should be you know something very mutually beneficial. It's a you know, Tulane leads the country in community service, and so as we, when we can partner with somebody from a facility standpoint, where we're going to actually work with younger kids, uh, you know, it's a it's a win win for us. Yeah, I think that's a huge uh, initiative that we're seeing 
uh, right now. I, I'm an alumni of the College of Charleston, and in the last you know five or so years, we re we've really seen uh, a lot of the program's been doing a lot of work with the community on on the whole, particularly uh, wounded warriors and getting some uh, military veterans out there on the water, giving them opportunities they wouldn't otherwise had. But so I think you guys um, definitely being able to partner up with the community and gets a lot more positive support going for the program. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and you know, get, getting the community engagement in our program, I, you know, you just don't want the kids to go out on the water and sail. You you want the community and the sailing community, you know, uh, we hope to have, host a couple of regattas and, you know, they're, we're going to need them to be involved, mm -hmm. we, we, you know, and, and open this up, you know, open this up to others, but, but at the same time, get, like I said, our people engaged in their program. And, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't something where I expect them to sail in our program and not have any other interactions, but it's an opportunity to be involved with, you know, with members of the Yacht Club or, or whatever it is and, and uh, build some other relationships there. Because as it says at the very beginning, you know, part of the great benefit of this is the fact that the relationships and, and everything about it will carry on through their lives. And, and so making those ties with people in the community, whether it helps them job-wise or connection-wise, uh, you know, it's just, it's just another benefit of having a, a, a collegiate varsity program. So you, the program, it says uh, that's not obviously not this year. It's that's, that's too close, but that's pretty impressive that you're going to turn it around and be ready to, ready to go by 2018, 2019. Um, I guess this is kind of a broad, kind of a dumb question, but uh, how, how much work actually needs to be done on the administrative end? Well, while it's, you know, we have a club program in place on campus right now, and, and we're we're in the process of hiring a coach. And so when that coach comes in, uh, we will kind of oversee the club program this year during this transitional year. Uh, and and I would tell you, uh, you know, from a from a naivety standpoint, you know, I've I've added sports before. Um, you know, I I I I know there are a lot of things about adding the sport program itself that we're, that we need to take care of. But what's unique to sailing, and, and you know, I'm waiting for the head coach to get in and really be my guide as to mm -hmm. to what is unique to sailing that we have to do. Obviously, you know, while we have some somewhat of a roster, uh, you know, the the starting to recruit kids for for next year is going to mm -hmm. be the first priority. Uh, you know, making sure we have locker room space and and uh, a complement of academic advisors because the big big thing about this, you know, the difference between club and varsity. Is that that uh, every opportunity, every asset, every support piece that that a football player has or a basketball player has needs to be available to the sailor as well. So, uh, from sports medicine to academic advising to strength and conditioning, those are the areas that we're trying to ramp up right now to provide them a, a really good experience when they come in. And I know that that was so helpful for me as a student athlete in Charleston, just having that same access to the the student advisor, to the you know the, the counseling, to the uh, physical therapy to the to the workout sessions, and I think that really contributed to our program uh, as a whole. So, one of the things that people don't realize, and and regardless of whether the this is not going to be an NCAA sanctioned sport, but but we're treating it as an NCAA sport in mm -hmm. every way that it can be, including academic requirements. So, what a lot of people don't realize is that that there are higher academic requirements, not just from a not from a grade standpoint, but from a progress. And, and movement toward a degree and and uh, so many hours per semester that don't apply to every other kid on campus. And so, uh, you know, as we make the transition, making sure all of our current kids understand 
there's a new set of rules, there's a new set of conduct rules, there, there's a, a, a new set of academic rules that everybody's going to live underneath of because, well, you know, the, having the benefits, uh, you know, it, it does come with some additional responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, I feel like, do you, do you feel like you might not so much lose interest, but some, some uh, current members of the team might have preferred just the more mellow club aspect? Do you think some of them might, uh, you know, not be as interested if they're still, if it's a little bit more serious varsity program, or are you guys going to be a, have like a little bit of a balance? So if you don't want the full varsity treatment, you can still get out there and sail. Well, you know, one, I think history will tell you any place that, that when you do ramp up and the expectations and the responsibilities and the requirements become a little more severe, that there will be some kids that will back away. Uh, and there's not, this will take the place of the club program, but we'll not be club sailing at Tulane any longer after we make this transition. But making sure, as we, if we talk to community sailing and the, the Southern Yacht Club, you know, kids that want to come out and sail, uh, making sure there are opportunities for them to do that. They they might have grown up, you know, at, at a marina with their families. It's just not something they can put that type of time into, but it's it's a hobby that they want to maintain. Uh, making sure that that still exists for them in the community it's in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, the, the big thing for us right now is getting coach hired. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, there are a lot of people who have an interest in sailing, but you know, coaching it uh, and coaching it in the in a, in a higher ed setting are, are, are different things. And so uh, we're going to we're going to make sure we walk tread pretty carefully and get it get the right head coach in here. Do you know when we can uh, expect an announcement? I know you said that you were hoping to have uh, a coach in place for the upcoming season. Yeah, we uh we actually uh, have an open search, and we've got a pool of candidates, a couple more we want to reach out to. Uh, I would assume we'll start interviews by the end of this month. Oh, great. That's fantastic. So then it's just going to be, like you said, just them kind of, because they, the they have the more experience in the, in the college sailing scene. They're kind of going to be the guiding light, and they're, you're going to just be supervising them? Exactly. Great. Well, that's awesome. Exactly. Well, Troy, thank you so much again for taking time. I know, uh, I know you got a lot coming on with the school year starting to ramp up. So thanks again, and uh, definitely will be a program to watch uh, the Tulane Green Wave. Thanks, I appreciate the time, and it's going to be fun. Uh, it's not often you get an ad opportunity, so we're all, all looking forward to what lies ahead. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it again. Um, so thanks again, Troy, and uh, I'll talk. I might be down there in New Orleans in. Uh, in November, so maybe we can, uh, maybe I can swing by the campus for an in-person meeting there. Sounds good. I, right. I look forward to it. All right, great, Troy. Thanks, Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Again, that was Tulane University Athletic Director Troy Dannon. Uh, it was a great interview. Really fun to hear the administrative side of college sailing, a perspective we don't really get too much uh, to hear. And it's gonna be fun to watch that program. Follow them the next couple years as they uh, as they grow in size and and uh, talent. And if it means we're one step closer to a college nationals being held in New Orleans, then I am here for it. Our thoughts go out to Danielle Richards, who's been in and out of the hospital this summer. Danielle does just so much for junior sailing and college sailing. It only makes sense that we give back and help her out for all that she does for us. So if you could please consider donating to her GoFundMe to help pay for her medical expenses. I know we all can't wait to see Danielle uh, back at a regatta soon. 
that's our show for today. Uh, we do have. I'm just my fingers have been flailing about my phone trying to confirm some more guests. Going to try to hammer out. I don't know, at least four more episodes before the end of this month to make up for the lost time. Uh, there's definitely definitely some fun ones we're going to have cooking up in the, uh, in the BNP lab, so uh, stay tuned for any announcements on that. As always, we do have T-shirts for sale. Uh, looking at them right now, so if you want to try to get some of your T-shirts, we've sold about, I don't know, I've sold a fair portion of them, but we still have a sizable inventory left, so uh, feel free to reach out to me if you want one of those and we will get them your way. And tell your friends, if they're not listening to Boats and Pros yet, they're, they're missing out on the, on the hottest sailing podcast out there. So that's all of our show for today, and we will see you next time. Bless the brains.